live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Lots of news, and not all of it regards or relates to the combine itself, but rather some NFL action, some NFL notes. You know, there are some people there that are pretty happy to be there, and there are some people there who are not so happy to be there, but need to be there. And then there's Big Mike. Do you know who the single happiest guy right now in Indy is? It's got to be Big Mike. Big Mike McCarthy. Why is that? Well, think about the last six weeks. It hasn't even been six weeks since the Cowboys crashed and burned against the Niners in the divisional round. But if you listen to Big Mike, here at Big Mike right now, you would think that he's riding into Indy on a Super Bowl high. Because yesterday, Big Mike showed up, and he was feeling himself. And you know, frankly, in his defense, I think I would be too. I would be too if I just fell on my face and yet somehow was rewarded for it. For some reason, Jera watched their alleged Super Bowl season go right up in flames and then thought to himself, you know what? You know what? You know what Mike McCarthy needs? I mean, yeah, we were embarrassed. We were humiliated. We got our faces broken. But you know what? You know what the big fella needs? More authority. You know what the big fella needs? Even though we got embarrassed on a big stage, more responsibility. The big fella needs more power. He needs more control. What this team really needs is big Mike calling the plays. I mean, Cowboy fan, how counterintuitive is that? How backwards is that? Cowboy fan, you spent months convincing yourself that Jarrah could not wait to send Big Mike to the big guillotine and just hire Sean Payton. No brainer, right? A foregone conclusion, except the exact opposite happened, which is probably why Big Mike showed up in Indy the way he did with his big chest all puffed out. In fact, it seems like McCarthy is having the time of his life right now scheming up that new offense. This is the most fun I've had since I've been in Dallas. I mean, just to be in the meeting room again with the coaches full time. Um, you know, we've been getting, you know, just to go, you know, 8 to 1130 and, and, and break. And it's, you've know, been talking nothing but, you know, skiing. You know, I, I haven't had that. So, um, so that, that part's different. Hey, you got that Cowboy fan? Big Mike is having big fun. Big Mike is having the most fun since he arrived in Dallas. Even if Cowboy fan is probably having the least fun since Big Mike arrived in Dallas. But that's not all. That's not all he said about the new plan on offense. He also explained to the Dallas Morning News why Kellen Moore had to go. Quote, I've been where Kellen's been. Kellen wants to light the scoreboard up, but I want him to run the damn ball so I can rest my defense. I think when you're a coordinator, you know, but you're in charge of the offense. Being a head coach and being a play caller, you're a little more in tune with everything. I don't desire to be the number one offense in the league. I want to be the number one team in the league with the number of wins and a championship. And if we've got to give up some production and take care of the ball a little bit better to get that, then that's what we're going to do because we have a really good defense. End of quote. 
I mean, damn, Cowboy fan, if that doesn't get you hyped, I don't know what will. I mean, and while it did seem pretty weird that the Cowboys parted ways with a very well-respected young offensive mind who was starting to interview routinely every offseason for head coaching gigs, now we know what that was about. Now we know how and why that went down. Because the mistake that Moore was making was that he was trying to outscore the other team. And not just that, but he was trying to light the bleeping scoreboard up. Like, damn, Kellen, there you go again, trying to scheme the bleep up, trying to flex the big brain of yours. Hey, Kellen, stop trying to flex that big brain of yours. You know who the hell I am? Big Mike. And you know what the hell you are, Kellen? Fired. You know what else you are, Kellen? Dead to me. Now give me your bleeping iPad. Hit the bricks, son. We're doing it my way from now on. The right way. And that would include pounding it between the tackles. First down, second down, third down. Then we're going to punt. And then we're going to do it every damn Sunday. And if you would listen to me, you'd still have your damn job. But now I have mine and yours. Don't let the door hit you in the ass, son. How's that sound, Cowboy fan? You want scoring. You want scoring. You want chunk plays. You want excitement. Yeah, well, too damn bad. Big Mike doesn't want that. Big Mike does not want to be the number one offense in the league. Big Mike wants to be the number one resting defense in the league. Oh, and he wants to run the ball, damn it. Never mind the fact that the number one offense in the league also happened to be the number one team in the league last year, which also happened to be the Super Bowl champs. Also, and this is curious, never mind the fact that the Cowboys under Kellen Moore had the sixth most rushing attempts in the NFL last season. Never mind that Kellen still ran the hell out of the ball, despite the fact that his starting running back averaged a career-low 3.8 yards per carry and looks more like a defensive lineman than a dude who totes the rock for a living. Forget all of that because Big Mike is here to set you and everybody else straight. He's not here to light up any damn scoreboard. He's not here to lead any number one offense. And he is having the time of his life not doing any of those things and doing it his way. But then again, why not? Man, you want to talk about wobbling forward. You want to talk about falling forward. No wonder this dude's so happy. He probably thought, after Frisco wrecked them, that he was going to get fired and have to get the band back together in that barn in Wisconsin and find another sucker to hire him. Instead of that, he gets promoted. Hell yes, he's hyped. Ride the wave, big fella. Live it up, man. Live it up while you can, Big Mike. You and Jarrah ought to hit the town together and enjoy those off-season glory days. Maybe if you're lucky, you'll get to leave 20% of your face, er, 20% of yourself on the Mile Square. 20% of me has been left on bourbon strike. Or the Mile Square. If you're really lucky, maybe he will even show you 
the finer points on how to circumcise a mosquito. Circumcising the mosquito. Just be careful. I know you know. I know you know this from sleepovers. Jera is obsessed with the holes. Glory hole, Dad. Stuck your finger in the wrong hole. The holes, man. All of them. That's how he made that fortune. Glory hole days. Just digs holes in the ground. Oil comes up. My man's rich. Anyway, and then what about Kellen? So here's Kellen. Kellen's all up in here wanting chunk plays. Kellen is all up in here wanting chunk plays while Big Mike wants chunky soup. You want high scores. All right. All right. You want high scores, but Mike wants high levels of trans fat in the Cowboys cafeteria. Lighting up the scoreboard. Lighting up the scoreboard? Nah. Nah. The only thing that Big Mike's lighting up is breakfast birthday cakes. Even though it's not his birthday. 3.8? 3.8. is not just the yard per carry for a starting running back, but 3.8 is the number of metric tons of funnel cakes and apple fritters that Jera had shipped to Mike's hotel room in Indy. Combine. Combine? When Mike heard about the combine, all he could think about was stacking a bear claw on top of a jelly donut to combine the flavors. See what I did there? Oh, yeah. You know I love that sound. That is my favorite sound ever. That is the best kind of sound because that is the best kind of notification because what that sound is is another sale on Shopify. The moment another business dream becomes a reality. I love it. Shopify, the commerce platform, which is revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Here's how this works. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. And it covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And what's incredible to me is Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, they're there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business and take it to the next level. Now it's your turn to get serious about selling and trying Shopify right now. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period of shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase R-O-M-E. Go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. Take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E Rome. Hey, he's got control. Hey, Cowboy fan, how's that sound to you? We're going to run the damn ball. Because the last thing I want is an offense that puts points on the boards. 11.30 in break, and it's, you've been talking nothing but, you know, skiing. You know, I, I haven't had that. So, um, so that, that part's different. That is different. 1-800-636-8686. But the good news is, big fella, you led the show yet again. Yeah. Birthday cake for breakfast. Anyway, something else I want to talk about. 
There's beef. Well, there's cake. There's cake. And then there's beef. There's sugar. And then there's protein. There's cake and beef. And right now, I'm not sure there's any better beef than what we're seeing between AJ and, quote, TikTok boy. It's not my phrase. I didn't make that up. AJ did. AJ Brown and Juju. They're at it again. And Juju is way over the line this time. Have you seen this skit? Have you seen what he did? AJ did. And AJ responded, as you might expect, with threats of violence. Hey, I don't have a dog in this fight. I really don't. I do not have a dog in this skit. I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't even know what the hell that skit's about. I watched it. I tried to understand it. Yeah, Rome, you just don't get it. Right. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I don't get it. Somebody explain to me what happened in that skit. I'll tell you somebody who does get it. Somebody who did understand, AJ. Because AJ threatened straight violence. It's actually pretty compelling. I don't know, Juju. I know this is who you are and what you do when you're having fun. I I don't know, dude. I don't know that it's worth getting. I don't know that all those clicks is worth getting your face broken over. And AJ has made it pretty clear that if you don't stop, he's going to break your face. So we'll get into this. I want to talk about that and see where you come out on this. It's, it's wild. I think it's wild. I don't even know because I, I can't follow it. I mean, it's, it's seriously cringerous. Wouldn't even do something that cringy. So we'll break that down. If you know what I'm talking about already, get on the phones. Hit me up or hit me up on Twitter or shoot me an email. SEC. Man, like I said a couple of times already this week, the SEC going to SEC. And the SEC, SEC'd for all the wrong reasons again yesterday. On the floor, off the floor, with authorities. Bad stuff. Saw a wild story. Maybe you saw this. You check out, have you ever heard of Calf Man? Well, I kind of glossed him Calf Man. He didn't gloss himself Calf Man. Is that what you call yourself? Is that, no, is that what Rome calls you? That's what I call myself. What? No. Calf Man is a forward for Illinois. Matthew Meyer. And apparently he got so hyped up on caffeine. Like he had a six-year-old monster. And got so whacked out on caffeine. He said that he suffered from caffeine poisoning. And had to shut it down and mispractice a few days. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Like, put it this way. I sent my kid to college. And again, I went to a college where we party pretty hard. Think about all the party schools in America. Where are the schools, and you always see that list every single year, Playboy or somebody has, the hardest partying schools in the country. I went to one of the schools that generally makes that list, UC Santa Barbara. So I know, or I have a pretty good idea. Now, when it comes to caffeine, I'm a pro, yo. I'm a pro. I don't mess with that stuff. In fact, I'll give you an example. If you go to my Instagram story, you saw me post at 2.45 this morning. And I said something cheesy like, do the work. As I posted that, I was brewing the Joe. Hashtag brew the Joe. I know caffeine. My first cup of coffee this morning with an ad shot was 2.45 a.m. 
I ain't playing. So I, I want to say that I could drink this dude under the table in caffeine. I don't know, though. Six monsters? According to this kid, he was so hungover on monster that he couldn't practice. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't get out of bed. Whacked out of his mind. And why was he caffeinated? Finals? I remember those days. I remember those days. You don't go to class all quarter. You got to pull a few all-nighters. Nah. He wanted to play video games. And he had a caffeine-induced euphoria, which led to, quote, caffeine poisoning. Crazy story. So I'll get there, too. 1-800-636-8686. If you missed me right off the top and you want to know about the beef segment, it is the top of hour number three. Check some reaction really quickly, Alvin, and then we'll break. Take it easy, yo. Dear Jim, Mike McCarthy, with his puffed out everything, is going into full Woody Hayes and three yards and a cloud of dust mode. I can't wait to see Mike manage the clock with his new responsibilities. What could possibly go wrong? Scott in Salt Lake, straight take, good point. That's what I'm saying. Do you really want this guy to have more responsibility? He already was worse than everybody in clock management. But you're going to give this guy more authority, more responsibility, more things to worry about. That was your solution to their season going up in flames. Let's break off the bright young offensive mind who's a future head coach and take the play calling duties from him and give it to the other guy, Big Mike. That, that's your answer, Jarrah. Hey, man, you're a team, dude. You're a team. Have fun with that. Rome, last thing Big Mike needs is more responsibility and pressure. Have you seen this guy lately? He looks like he's about to stroke out from hypertension. Drew in West L.A., I don't know, Drew. He just said he's having more fun than he's ever had. Of course, it is March 2nd. He has had to dial up an actual play in a game that mattered. We'll make a decision regarding the clock. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. I'm talking about Shaka Smart. Shaka, it is so good to have you back. How are things with you? I'm great. It's good to be on with you, Jim. It seems like we just talked, but it's been a while. It, you know what? It's actually both those things. It's been a minute, and it does feel like we just talked. It's great to have you back. Listen, I want to rephrase that because I want to know, for instance, you've got a lot of work ahead of you still. You've got some amazing opportunities ahead of you still, Shaka, but how happy are you? How pleased are you with what this team has already accomplished this season? Well, I'm just really grateful for our guys, the way that they've come together around each other. Uh, it's really a fun group group to coach, Jim. Uh, they really care for each other. They play for each other. Uh, they pull for each other. There's no real agendas other than just trying to support one another, have a ton of fun out there, and go after the opponent. 
Shaka, that sounds like something a coach would say or a coach speak. It's not. How important is that when you've got guys that love each other, that truly, truly have each other's back, want to be there for each other and pick each other up? How important is that? It's everything. I mean, you know, being part of a team can be one of the most euphoric experiences that an individual can have, or it can be hell if nobody on the team likes each other Nobody wants to be around each other. Everyone's got side issues, jealousy, side agendas. And we're just really, really fortunate. We've got a group of guys that, that truly care about each other and enjoy each other's company. I know it sounds simple. We were picked ninth in the league, Jim. And for us, you know, there was a common bond of, hey, we're better than that. And let's go show people we're better than that. And let's have a ton of fun doing it. Damn, you beat me to it, Shaka. I was going to say, not only were you picked ninth, you were picked ninth by the coaches. So if anybody would know or should know it's your peers, you did lose some key guys, to be sure, from last year. But you were picked to finish ninth and you're number six nationally right now. When you saw that poll, what was your reaction and what did you say to your team about it? Well, I, I think a lot of coaches and players – have a way of taking motivation out of the preseason stuff, regardless of what it says. Even if you're picked first, you find a way to, to let it motivate you. But, you know, for us, I think what we wanted to say was, hey, there's certain talents that we have that aren't necessarily displayed by the number of points or rebounds or even minutes that we have returning on our team. And a lot of the intangible talents that, as you know, you've been around sports a long time, go into winning, those are the things that we felt like we had in our locker room last spring when we were starting to put this year's team together. And our guys have done a terrific job continuing to grow in those ways. Shaka Smart joining us. Not only that, Shaka, but obviously you know anything about you, your career, the way your teams play. We know you're going to get after it defensively. This group is no different. You lead the Big East with nine and a half steals per game. I'm curious about that, though. Do you coach that? Do you recruit that? In other words, how much of that defensive dominance is an innate skill versus it being just a mindset? Well, I think it's some of both for sure. I mean, the best defensive players I've ever coached, they had certain things inside of them that had nothing to do with what a coach asked them to do. Uh, but, you know, it's hard sometimes to separate the mindset from the physical skill. Uh, the best defensive player I've ever gotten a chance to be around as a coach, a kid named Briante Weber at VCU, he led the NCAA in steals three consecutive years. And it was about half mindset and half having the quickest hands around. So for us, we definitely try to recruit that. But the tricky thing, Jim, is guys that have the offensive qualities that maybe you look for aren't necessarily going to have the exact same defensive qualities that you look for. Otherwise, Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky will want them as well. Ah, Shaka Smart joining us. So we're talking March Madness, then we're talking about guard play, right? And we're talking about floor generals. You've got a really good one in Tyler Kolek, who's making a strong case to be the Big East Player of the Year. What does he bring to the program, both on and off the floor? He brings an unbelievable drive and competitiveness and work ethic. He's the one that, when we were picked ninth, went to Big East Media Day in the garden and, you know, had a two-word response. The first word I can't say, and the second word is EM. And I love it. You know, it's just a mentality of we don't really care what anyone says. We don't care what they think. 
Uh, he was under-recruited coming out of high school. He was a guy that was overlooked. You know, if you look at a picture of him, he just he looks a little bit like a choir boy, but he's one of those basketball players that will cut your heart out for a basket or a stop. And that's why I'm so grateful to have him on our team. Hey now, are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Reach for a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty. It's tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying that way. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And clones, if you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what is your beef? Shaka Smart joining us. You mentioned the Garden. So you've got your regular season finale against St. John's Saturday. Then it's on to New York for the Big East Tournament. I mean, what an unbelievable venue. What a great, great conference tournament. What's the vibe like inside the Garden? And how does the intensity ratchet up for those games? It's incredible. I mean, Jim, I'm a guy who played Division Three basketball in front of a couple hundred people. So to get a chance to coach in the world's most famous arena, to get a chance to coach in a Big East tournament, it's unbelievable. And, you know, for us, you know, as a team from the Midwest, you know, there's a lot of teams that have been in the Big East for a lot longer than Marquette. You know, we've never won the Big East tournament. It's never happened for Marquette. So, you know, that's a goal. Uh, obviously, we have one regular season game to finish, and it's an important one. It's our senior day. Uh, we want to send these guys out in the right way. Uh, we're certainly excited about getting on that plane as well when we do head to the Garden. Marquette head coach Shaka Smart joining us with so many opportunities in front of you. Shaka, what about the tournament itself? You know, the age-old question. Does that weekend get you ready and get you tournament tough for the big dance? Or frankly, does it kind of grind you down, beat you down, and wear you out? How do you feel about the tournament? conference i think it de it depends on the psychological disposition of your team mm. and of your individual players i think definitely what you're saying can happen where you know you feel like man this almost worked against us because either we played a bunch of games and guys think they're tired or we won you know i've coached a couple teams that won the conference tournament and i didn't do a good enough job getting them to get over the euphoria of winning and cutting down the nets to get them ready for that first NCAA tournament game. So it can work all different ways, but, you know, as our mental skills coach likes to say, whatever happens is what's supposed to happen for your growth and your development and your readiness for the next opportunity. It's just about us framing it the right way and learning from it. Shock. I don't know if you're at Liberty to share who that is. I love, love the notion of a mental skills coach. Absolutely love it. I cannot get enough of it. Can you share who that is? And if not, I respect that. But what does that coach talk to your players well, about? No, we, we hired a guy named Russ Rausch, R-A-U-S-C-H. And he's based out of Chicago, but he works with teams and players all around the country. Uh, he and his partner, John McGraw, have a company called Vision Pursue. It's a terrific app. You would actually really, really like it. There's an app that you can have on your phone and it's got all this really useful stuff, meditations, um, visualization exercises, stuff to help you with your mental skills. 
So anyway, Russ came into our program last summer and he's been working with our guys for the past several months about, you know, just handling what comes up, not necessarily trying to push away things that you don't want, but being able to embrace those emotions, embrace those thoughts, and then being able to separate from them and choose to do what's next. It's been unbelievably powerful for our players. Our guys love having them around. And it's been helpful for me as a coach, too. Well, I'll be looking for that right away. You're right. I love that. I love that stuff. I can't get enough of that stuff. I think even for young athletes, for anybody, for you, for me, for athletes, my kids, I absolutely love it. I can't get enough. Before you go, Shaka, let me ask you about Cam Jones. Sophomore has absolutely made the most, it seems to me, of the opportunity that he's gotten this year moving into the starting lineup. He's your leading scorer at 15 points per game. How pleased are you with the way he's embraced the opportunity and the moment? Well, the exciting thing about Cam Jones is he's got even so much more inside of him. Uh, Jim, I've never been around a player that is so free-spirited and confident. If you watch us, right before the ref throws up the opening tip, he's out there dancing around, and he's kind of in his own world. And sometimes I'm like, hey, man, you got to lock in and focus. But he has a confidence and a poise about him that is really exciting. As well as he's played this year, he's got another notch or two inside of him. And the fact that you brought up Tyler Kolick and Cam Jones, that goes a long way towards us winning the league. Because let's be honest, if you have a good backcourt and those guys are out there playing well and helping other guys on their team play well, then you're going to have a good team. That's it. I was going to ask you, that's why I brought those two guys up. So really quickly as a follow, before I let you go, if Cam's that guy, if he's that free-spirited and he's that loose, is it infectious? Is it contagious? And are other guys looser because of it? Absolutely. And, you know, for me, Jim, I'm kind of that old school, you know, if I was playing, I would kind of have headphones on. I'd be staring at the wall. I wouldn't be saying a thing. And so I've had to change over the years and understand, hey, you're not coaching yourself, man. You're coaching different guys. And he's a guy, he's in the locker room singing 10 minutes before the game. He's dancing around. But that's his way to stay loose and to kind of stay away from maybe some of the anxieties that can creep in, some of the doubts that can creep in, so that he can go out there and be his most confident self And it absolutely is contagious with his teammates. It really helps those guys. And they have a way about them that they start the game with largely because of the way he and some of our other guys are. That's what it seemed to me. Like when you said, hey, man, maybe you got to lock in. He is, right? That's the way he locks in. That's his deal. That's his process. Shaka Smart's the head coach at Marquette. They're having a great, great year and still so many opportunities and challenges in front of them. Shaka, like you said, it's been a minute, but it feels like it was yesterday. Great to have you back. Thank you so much. And always good to have you on the show. You always make it better. Shaka awesome. Smart. I got a ton of respect yeah. for you, man. You Thanks too. Much respect, Shaka. Oh, yeah. You know I love that sound. That is my favorite sound ever. That is the best kind of sound because that is the best kind of notification because what that sound is is another sale on Shopify. The moment another business dream becomes a reality. I love it. Shopify, the commerce platform, which is revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Here's how this works. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. And it covers every sales channel. 
from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And what's incredible to me is Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, they're there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business and take it to the next level. Now it's your turn to get serious about selling and trying Shopify right now. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period of shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase R-O-M-E. Go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. Take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E Rome. I can't ask Dana White because I had him on the show yesterday, but I've got a strong feeling that A.J. Brown might be checking in with UFC as we speak to see if they might add another fight to their car this Saturday night in the desert because this guy wants to give, quote, TikTok boy Juju Smith-Schuster his hands once and for all. Hell, his fists, his feet, his knees, his elbows. I would imagine he wants to choke him the hell out too because Juju is at it again. Juju cannot help himself. Juju cannot stop. He's setting all sorts of screen time records since Super Bowl Sunday. And to hear A.J. Brown tell it, it's going to get Juju's face broken. Honestly, as much as I can't wait to see the return of John Jones after three years away from the octagon, I would much rather see the cage gate close on an A.J. v. Juju Fister right about now. Because right now the thick or the tension is thick between these two cats. There is serious beef brewing between these two cats. And it all started with Juju getting on the wrong side of essentially the entire Eagles football team, if not the entire city of Philadelphia, after Kansas City beat them in Super Bowl 57. You all remember Juju deciding to have some fun at the expense of James Bradbury over that controversial holding call late in the game, which pretty much put a nail in the coffin of Philadelphia's entire season. You remember. And Bradbury could not have been classier. He owned it. Yet that did not stop Juju from going Juju. That did not stop him from making that cheesy Valentine's Day joke that had AJ jumping in to defend his guy and glossing Juju, quote, TikTok boy. Well, TikTok boy is at it again. But in an even cheesier way. And now AJ is threatening to give him his hands. Honestly, Juju, I mean, I don't even think that Cringerous could have come up with a cringier skit than the one you did to clown and mock AJ, James, Jalen Hurts, and pretty much the entire Eagles team. And full disclosure... It's so bad, this skit. It took everything I had just to get through the two minutes. And if I'm being really honest, I don't even know what the hell it was about. And I did watch the whole thing. But I know this much. It must have been disrespectful as hell if A.J. Brown is jumping into his DMs and threatening to break his face. So go ahead and watch it at your own peril. Long story short, it seems to involve... A kidnapping, an interrogation, a gender reveal, I think, of Juju. 
and a whole lot of other weird, cringy stuff that, again, I can't really follow. Like, I want to understand it. I just don't. But AJ does. And he countered not with a skit, but a threat via DM to Juju. And then a now-deleted tweet. But as I mentioned, the good news is the internet is in ink. Somebody grabbed a screenshot, and we know exactly what AJ said, and it's pretty awesome. Check this out. Brown's DM read, quote, I don't play them kids game. If you want to see me, I'm with it. You better go to Cabo, enjoy your ring, and stop bleeping with me. Leave me off all your TikTok bleep bleep. That was the DM. And then the tweet, not surprisingly, had the same violent vibes to it. The tweet read, quote, at Team Juju, you really need to find you somebody else to play with. Don't let that ring get you beat TF up. Because I'm with all the dumb bleep. I'm not going to speak on it no more. Don't let that ring get you beat the bleep up. Again, I've got no idea what Juju's skit was about. But I think I can follow what AJ is trying to say on Twitter. I think what AJ is saying is, hey, TikTok boy, his quote, not mine. I'll see you in Temecula. And then these hands will see your dome and your face repeatedly. I mean, it's pretty incredible. And again, I've got no dog in this fight. I really don't. But I'm not going to lie. That was one of the worst pieces of content I think I've ever seen. The skit. Listen, the thing is, social media can be an extremely powerful tool. A powerful tool to build brand, to build a following, to build a persona. And yes, to get paid and get opportunities. But I don't think that cringe fest there was that skit is doing any of that for Juju. In fact, to hear a quote, Aquarius Jefferson, that's how he addressed him, Aquarius Jefferson. To listen to Aquarius Jefferson, all it's going to do is get Juju's ass kicked. I mean, fellas, it's strong. This beef is strong. Take it off your phones and into the cage. Then again, Juju, do you really want that smoke? Does anybody really think that Juju can stand in with AJ? I mean, no way, right? Unless Juju's got some crazy ground game that we don't know about and is some sort of grappling legend. Cage or no cage, it would appear his life might be in danger. But either Juju doesn't know or he doesn't care because he's simply too addicted to TikTok and he will not stop for anyone or anything, including AJ's fists. Like me, I like to think that I'm kind of a funny guy. Like I get funny. I bring the funny. Part of the reason why you come here is because of the funny. I might not be stand-up comedian Tom Brady funny, but I can hang. Just like we drew it up. (laughs) We drew it up. Now, Juju, Juju Nation would probably tell me, dude, you're old man. You just don't get it. To which I would say, right. 
I don't. This is my point. Nobody here does. Maybe if I watch it several times, I will actually see the genius and appreciate how clever it is. Like, you know, they ask you to stare at those funky art prints. Like, what do you see? What do you see? Do you see a young girl or do you see an old hag? What do you see? What do you see? You see it? You see it? Just focus. Focus on the center. Don't blink. And then look. Oh, yeah, 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 I see it. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, I... No. No, I don't see it. This video is like Beijing, present-day Philly, the LBC, an abduction, an interrogation, somebody pissing down their leg, algorithms, uh, a pregnant mom. I, I don't get it. I want to get it. Call me old school. Call me simple. But you know what I prefer? The straightforwardness of AJ's message. It's consistent. It's on point. No words are wasted. You know, kind of like old Twitter or one of my CBS Sports Minutes. And again, I don't have a dog in the fight. But one of the dogs is making sense and one is crystal clear. And one, I have no idea what he's doing. Juju, if I were you, I would take the man's advice. Enjoy your ring, enjoy Cabo, and go find somebody else to play with. Or let's get it on. All right, Chuck, are we going phone calls or are we going written beefs? Oh, Chuck, feeling it. He wants to start with the calls. All right, why the hell not? 1-800-636-8686. Why don't we start geographically right down the road? I know this area well. I hang out here sometimes. Tustin Ranch. Dave in Tustin Ranch. Dave, good to have you. What's your beef? Go ahead, Dave. You're on. Four nine. Little little better. That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. This is what happens when we give you a chance. All right, I'm gonna forget that happened. Down the street in Tustin Ranch. Hey, time now for the beef segment. Brought to you by Old Trapper. Like, it didn't happen. Brought to you by Old Trapper. Hey, there it is. There's the plastic tower. Jesus Christ. Jack Savage brought it in. And he didn't set it up right, so Cindy told him, spin it around this way so it reads like this on camera. All right. Hey, Chuck, what do you want to do? Do you want to start with the phone calls or do you want to start with the written beefs? What the hell? Let's give him a chance. Why don't we start with the phone calls? Let's go to Madison. I know Madtown will pick me up. I know it will. My kid is there right now. Pete in Madison. Pete, good to have you. What's your beef? Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. My beef is with the baristas at these coffee shops. I mean, I could stop right there, but there's more. The baristas ask me if I want cream and sugar in my coffee after I've just ordered black coffee. I don't understand how they don't know their own job. I got you, Pete. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, except my baristas, the baristas I deal with every single day are the best. They're the best. I would tell you otherwise. There's this gal, Val, who runs the Starbucks where I live. She's awesome. Every single day, happy, upbeat, 
knows my order, knows everybody by name, knows their orders, loves being there, and has been there probably 10 years. I love the baristas I deal with, where I am, so I would love to pile on, but I can't. My own personal experience, 1-800-636-8686. And to be fair, though, if you ask for a black coffee, they shouldn't be saying, you want cream? No, I want a black coffee. All right, let's go to Philly. John in Philly. John, what's your beef? Hey, Jimmy. Uh, after that roller coaster start, I got to get my breath, and I'm climbing into the ring with the tiger, right? Jim, you know I've got your back, dude, but hey, um, I'm looking at this beef that I have with you. It bothers me. <laughs> that you may not have been truthful with your parents with all that money they spent on you and your singing lessons. Because, dude, after I listened to what I heard at the beginning of this week, you didn't spend a dime on singing lessons, buddy. I'm out. Respectfully, you can beef with me. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. You know what my beef with you is, John? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And that's not even like false indignation. That's I don't know what the hell you're talking about. That is genuine confusion. I've never had singing lessons. What the hell are you talking about, dude? Don't make crap up and then hang up. I'm out. You're out? yeah, Yeah, you're out because you're slandering me. I've never had a singing lesson. I'd be the first one to tell you I can't sing. That's why it's so funny when I try. You have any idea what kind of courage... It takes to sit up here in front of 9 billion people and try to sing. I've never had a singing lesson. What the hell are you talking about, dude? Now you're off the watch list. Keep. You did. You jumped into a cage with a tiger and you got mauled off the watch list, John. Come on, dude. If you want to come at me, you best not miss. There's a million things you can come at me for, but my singing lessons are not one of them. There's 8 million beefs you could have with me except for that. You know what my beef is? People who make crap up about me. You know what my beef is? Slander. All right, Chuck, so we've had three phone calls and two have been horrible. And one cost him his place on the watch list. Stop making crap up, man. Hey, uh, I'm coming in with a tiger, you know, dude. Your, your parents spending all that money on your singing lessons. What a waste of time, dude. You sound like crap. I've never had a singing lesson. Obviously. There are no bad beefs except for that one. Let's go to St. Paul. You are a liar, John. You're a felon, John. Okay, John, right? You don't like that. You don't like that, do you? You don't like that I called you a felon. You know why you don't like that? Because it's not true. That's why I don't like you saying that I wasted all my parents' money on singing lessons when I never had a singing lesson. Keep it real and keep it honest. Let's go to Christine in St. Paul. Christine, it's great to have you. What is your beef? Jim, my beef is with my sisters-in-law. It's been a rough winter here in Minnesota, so my husband and I decided to spend the entire month of March down at the family timeshare in Naples, Florida. My sisters-in-law get wind of this and decide it's not fair. So they weasel their way into two weeks out of that month. 
And get this, they live in Naples, Florida. They live oh. a mile and a half from the timeshare on the beach. And that's not the worst part. The worst part is then they decide they're not going to stay at the timeshares. They're going to rent those weeks out instead. So our vacation gets cut in half. They make money off it. And they live in Naples, Florida. They drive me up the wall. Christine. Racker. Christine, hate is a strong word. I hate those people. And I don't even know them. Wow, that is an all-time beef. And did you hear her at the end through clenched teeth? Like, that was real. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you at all, Christine. Great beef. That is wild. Wow, I don't like them at all. Chatsworth. Now, that's a town. I like Chatsworth. I like Chatsworth a lot. Pete in Chatsworth. Pete, what's your beef? Hey, Jimmy, it's your boy Peter North here. It's been a long time, buddy. How's the fam doing? You know, I used to know your old man Jay back when he had his factory down here in the Chats. He was a great guy, man. I tell you what, Jimmy, I've always been a big basketball fan. I used to kick it with Jerry Buss back in the day. Those were some wild parties, man. But I tell you what, though, my beef is with all this load management crap. You know, back in my day, though. Peter North in Chatsworth talking about load management. Number one, I'm pretty sure that was not Pete and Chatsworth. Number two, I'm pretty sure that was Vic and NoCal. And number three, load management and P North and Chatsworth are not going to fly. We're not doing too well on the phones there, Chalk. Why don't we jump back up to the written portion of the beefs? Christine so far is winning the day. This says, my beef is with the metal feet of bed frames. These devices seem to serve the sole purpose of painfully stubbing my toes every time I make the bed. Bed frames are like sharks. You don't think about them, and then they strike when you least expect it. Whoever designed these monstrosities should have thought to cover them in foam or some softer material. At this point, I'm almost scared to even walk toward my bed each evening. Matt in Vegas wore Edward Marino from Redondo Beach and wore Ragdoll Cats. Dude, you are an interesting dude, aren't you, Matt? Ragdoll Cats are the best. I'm not going to apologize for it. I don't care what you think. Cody the Ragdoll legend, man. Every day I show gratitude to that cat, and that cat treats me like crap. Great cats. Rome, I do have beef. With one of my boys, he did buy his old lady a luxury sled for Christmas. He did put a bow on it. He did have it parked in the driveway, so she was surprised when she opened the front door on Christmas Day. Now his old lady will not shut up about it. To my old lady. Now my old lady will not shut up about it to me. It's March. Bacon in the 214. Yeah, the written beefs are better today. 
Romy, my beef is with you. Using your touchpad rather than a mouse. Step your game up. Drop $10 and buy a wireless mouse, will ya? Your buddy, Eric in Orlando. I don't know. Am I going to bite on that too? I've already been pissed enough to last eight segments of beef. Your buddy? Eric, you dope. You imagine this guy saying to me, hey, man, step your game up and spend $10 on a mouse. Right, dude, because the only reason I don't have a mouse with any one of the 50 laptops I own is because I don't want to drop 10 bucks to buy a mouse. Eric. See, I'm not about the mouse. I don't need a mouse for my laptop. Why? Why? All I'm doing is reading your stupid emails. I don't, why do I have to? Why do I need a mouse to go into my email and your tweets? I don't. I'm not doing high-level production here. And if I did get a mouse, it wouldn't be a $10 mouse. It'd be a really nice mouse. Wow, dude. I'm going to forget that happened. Dude, you are living off the strength of one good moment. One. One. You glossed the flight deck, flight deck. Now, I could use a mouse on his head. That'd be different. The circumference of his head is greater than that of this desk. Then I would need it. Eric, do I need to pay you for that? Do you get credit for that? Captain Romvicious. No, Romvius. My beef is with a hot sauce guy. Nobody can tell me that putting molten lava on your food is palatable. There's not a time in my adult life where I thought, you know what? You know what this food item needs? Something that's going to melt my face and destroy my ability to control my bowels for the next 24 hours. Gavin in South Bend. Non-Irish fan. Pretty good, but we've got a hot sauce family. At least the dudes in my family. family. Jake Rome and Rogan Lome are all about like exotic hot sauce. Like that, that's their thing. Like they want to find hot sauce they've never heard of before or they've done research on. And I'm just like a straight Cholula man. Just Cholula. I love Cholula. Love it. I'm a hot sauce guy. Signed everybody but you, Gavin, and Dodger Jano. Jimothy, my beef is with people who say they, quote, donate blood. If they're paying you for it, you are not donating it. That's called a job. Don't share pictures on social media with a needle in your arm saying how you're better than everybody because you donate blood when they're scratching you a check for it. You're broke, Christine. That's why you're, quote, donating blood. Eric in Colorado Springs. Cold. Cold. Dear James Rome, the third chancellor of the 818. My beef is with the idiots who post things like no scammers on their classified ads. Hey, dolt. Do you think the prince of Nigeria 
reading your for sale ad for your 2008 Pontiac is going to see no scammers and be like, oh, I'll just move on to the next ad. Get a clue. Steve Kane, Calgary. I like that. I like that. How about this one? My beef is with Kendrick Porkins. Hey, Pork, get off the joker about padding his stats. Of course, you'd know about padding. Looking at that fat gut of a spare tire that you have been rocking ever since you got bounced from the association. Mix in a salad, stop stuffing your pie hole with pie, and keep the joker's name out your mouth. Aaron in Denver. That's strong. I bet pork doesn't think so, but that's strong. Yeah, that that hot take is not going well for pork. And nor should it be. Dear Jim, my beef is with any business whose entrance is a double front door, but choose to unlock only one side during business hours. Why? It pisses me off when I have to yank on the locked door of an open business or smash my face on the door glass when I leave. Unlock both doors, you lazy bags. Brian in Detroit. Hey, Rome. I have a beef with the parents at the Honda Classic bringing a baby to a pro golf tournament. So I'm on vacay, taking in the tourney, and what do we hear? A baby crying nonstop while the pros are trying to tee off. These guys get pissed when they hear a cell phone ring. If you can't find a sitter, stay your ass home, morons. Aaron in Iowa. And a fat ass. Written beefs are way better in the calls today. Hate to say. Hey, Rome. My beef is with all these SoCal softies whining about the coldest winter in decades. Quit complaining and enjoy those beautiful snow-capped mountains and clean, crisp air. Jim in San Clemente. Jimbo, you're right, but it's cold as hell. You know it is, Jim. You know it is. But you're right. The snow-capped mountains are incredible. And the air is clean. But when I got in my car this morning, 37. And Midwest, Northeast, I don't want to hear it. I mean, I'm owning it. We're soft. We are soft. We are soft. We're not acclimated. 37 in Cali feels like minus 37. Look at Chalk, man. Chalk's a New Yorker, and he's already one of us. His blood is thinned out. He's now Cali through and through. Ask him. Hey, Jim, I've got a beef with our mailman at the office. He thinks we know him well enough that he can use our bathroom every day. He's dropping off more than mail, Jim. I had to tell him today, no deposit, no return. Sarah T. Sarah, if I'm not mistaken, that is not the first bathroom beef you've had on this show. You've gone with the triple bagger flush. Sarah T's funny. War Lady Clones. Hey, Rome, my beef is with my wife, who without fail decides that the best time to vacuum 
is when I'm on a Zoom call for work. Yes, it's happening right this moment. My call just ended. Hey, honey, the queen's not on her way over. Put a cork in the effing vacuum. Eddie in the Northwest. You know, dude, the queen might be coming. Hey, Jim, I got beef. Hey, Eddie, it's not like you're going to run that vacuum over anything, right? How about thank you, dude? Jim, I got a beef with anybody in any locker room at any Lifetime Fitness or any YMCA or whatever workout facility that uses a hair dryer below the shoulders. He's in Wisco. Whoa. Is it time to go back to the phones? Why don't we try to finish on the phones? Why don't we go to Ohio? Matt in Ohio. Matt, good to have you. What's your beef? Yeah, Jim, I got a beef with it. Spending 20 minutes on the phone with a doctor trying to get through it for, forever. And he finally, the, the receptionist finally answers the phone. She gives you a 10 o'clock appointment. So you write it down. Then she says, be there at 930. And what's that all about? I'm out. I don't know, Matt. Ask her. You know, paperwork, check in. They want to know if you have insurance. You got to fill out paperwork. They don't want you to be late. That's just how doctors work, I guess, dude. Is that new? When's the last time you went to a doctor? They're always pulling that. That's not new. Let's go. Yeah, Rome, I got a beef with you. I called the beef segment. You asked me what my beef was. And? Let's try Colorado. Anthony in Colorado. Good to have you, Anthony. What is your beef? Hey, Romy. My beef is with parents who tell you their kids' age in months. After twelve, after a year old, 12 months, I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me they're 57 months old. Just tell me they're two and a half or whatever. I like it, dude. Well done. Oh, what a cute youngster. How old is that child? 17 and three quarters months? Now, the kid's one. One and a half I can live with. Hey, you're a handsome young lad. How old are you? 148 months. Good one, bro. Why don't we go to Sacktown? Rhino. Ryan in Sacramento. I know you got a beef, Ryan. I just don't know what it is. What is your beef? My beef is with every carpool mom, secretary, stay-at-home wife, dental hygienist, vegan hooker who wins March Madness pools, picking teams based on their teams and colors. I'm more Riverside, Bakersfield, and Fresno. Now. <laughs> that guy constantly cracking on Baco, Riverside, and Fresno while calling from Sacktown is pretty amusing. I love all those towns. For real. Yeah, Rome. Have a take, man. You know you don't. I actually do. I have family from Fresnec. Family. I do. My mom. Mom mom's side, they she I remember I found out my mother's from Frisco, but they grew up or spent a lot of time in Fresno. I've got one day I'll tell you why. But we have, believe it or not, really, really deep ties to Baco. I've never told you why. One day I will. This will be one of those stories I share with you 
in the last week of the program, or maybe in my book. But there's a Baco story that's a great story. So, uh, in Riverside, good things have happened in the 909, man. And I love Sacramento. I just love that a guy from Sacramento is killing all those other towns. And that's what he does. And as far as all those women, the stay-at-home mom, the receptionist, the carpool mom kicking your ass in the NCAA tournament pools, of course. It's the hardest thing ever to bet. You might as well throw darts. That's the whole point. That's part of what makes it so amazing. Let's go to the phone, should we? Why don't we go to Oakland? I like it. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. I guarantee my man's got beef. Oakland is a fierce, proud town. I love Oakland. Myron in Oakland. Myron, dude, what is your beef? Pip in the box. I got beef with these idiot Uber drivers that drive like they've been drinking 1942 and have the wobbly boots stopping and holding up oncoming traffic. Out. My man. Did I tell you the story about what happened to me the last time I went to an airport and we had a driver? He did not have the wobbly boot, but he did wreck. And some dude in a nice rig that he cut off was up in his grill, and I was in the on the curb trying to, I mean, I had to get home. And this dude was screaming at this dude, creating a major scene. My driver cut him off, and this guy had a pristine white SUV. It was ugly. And my driver comes over to me and is like, hey, uh, you know, if you want to find another ride, I'm like, my guy, dude, I... I I have no time for this. I I can that dude is not going to be done with you for a long time. Real thing. That 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 was incredible. I got to get out. Good job. Good job, good effort. That was fun. Before I got lectured by my manager, no names mentioned, best guy ever, KTK. Actually, I didn't get lectured. He lectured me through Alvin and told me that I had to do a better job of staying on the clock. Matt Norlander is my guest. Matt, what's going on? How are you? Jim, it is a pleasure to be back in the jungle. Thanks for having me on. Uh, how are we doing on this Thursday? God, so good, man. So good. And I know you are. I would ask you, but I know you are because, like I mentioned, it is your time of year. You're all about it. I, I could start any number of places, but, Matt, I'm going to turn it over to you. What is first and foremost on your mind? Where do you want to start? Wow, Jim, giving me the giving me the floor here. Um, well, there's a, there's a ton. I'll let me go big picture for your audience here. As we get ready to go to the NCAA tournament, we're ten days out from Selection Sunday. Two weeks from this very moment, we'll be in those first Thursday first round games. Just absolute sports euphoria. There is the the real possibility, and it's more tangible, I think, than maybe any year before, that the tournament will be a random results generator to an extent that maybe we have never seen before, because when you look at the top of the sport, I'm talking top 10, top 20, top 25, ranked teams have taken more losses to unranked opponents, I believe, more times this season than any season prior. Having said that, and I know Kelvin Sampson is no stranger to the show, I do want to say that Houston is the only team in the country with two losses. No one has fewer than Houston. Houston's the only one with two. 
And because of the conference that plays in, I don't think the Cougars have gotten quite enough respect for their viable national title chances. Objectively speaking, from the data, that is going to be the favorite to win the national championship. And considering Houston made the Final Four two years ago and made a big run last year, remember it upset Arizona in the second weekend, you might actually get really good value in your in your March Madness pool if you pick Houston because I think it will be the least popular favorite pick to win the champion of any year we've had in this tournament in decades and decades. All right, so two thoughts on this. Number one, this is why I started the interview by doing that. You are the rare guest that I would do that with. I thought that'd be fun. Let's change up a little bit. I'm going to let you set the table for me. And then secondarily, Matt, what you did, you reverse engineered that. I was going to ask you about Houston at the end of the conversation because the Final Four is, wait for it, where? In Houston. And Kelvin Sampson, can you imagine what an amazing story that would be if they could cut down the nets? And myself, I could see it. I know exactly what you said. I heard all of that. I think they are good enough. I could see it happening. I'm glad we started that way because, well, Matt, I didn't have to start with Alabama, but we'll go there next. Man, everything about Alabama right now is so tumultuous. Bottom line, when you look at that program and you look at everything swirling around it right now, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are I continue to be disappointed in Alabama's lack of transparency and I go back to the day after the charges against the capital murder charge came against Darius Miles. Nadoats did give a six minute press conference, and he was specifically asked in that press conference if any other Alabama players were involved in this. And he artfully and quickly skirted the actual question and didn't answer it directly. He knew what he was doing in that moment. But given that Brandon Miller and Jaden Bradley have not been charged, I feel the school could have certainly been more forthcoming earlier. And now by not doing that, it's made it worse by the own admissions of athletic director, Greg Byrne and Nate Oates. They actually found out things about this incident when the pretrial testimony came out, which indicates that the school has not done its diligence, didn't hold a formal investigation. There is one school of thought that this is an ongoing legal model matter so that the school doesn't want to have a formal investigation to impede or whatever terminology you want to use with that on one hand i understand that but on the other hand jim and i jim you and i both know how these things work they could and most almost certainly did sit down brandon miller Jaden bradley and even informally just tell us everything that happened what happened what do we need to know they didn't find out everything and it's reflected poorly on the program that's before we even get into the nate oats comments before we get into the the brandon miller pat down situation uh this is go as i wrote last weekend for cbsports.com Alabama is boldly going into March as the villain uh, in all of American sports. And it's, it's, it's of its own doing, uh, you know, if they're going to continue to do this, if they're going to stand by uh, Bradley and Miller continue to start those players, then this is going to be a story that, that is right alongside him. Jim, when you open up your show to start the NCAA tournament, you're going to mention this story. Uh, it'll be as important, if not more important than anything that Alabama does on the floor. And so it is an unfortunate but necessary side story to all this. It's made national, Jim, it's made national newscasts multiple times. And any anytime that's the case and you're not on national nightly newscasts because of because uh, you won a national championship, that's why you want to be on there. You don't want to be on there for something like this. That is the case. And we'll see how it evolves from here. But it's not going to get easier. All of the home games are done for Alabama. And so every building it steps into for the remainder of its season it will be a hostile environment because there will be plenty of people rooting against that program. Matt Norlander joining us. You're so right, Matt. The thing is, too, and what's really troubling, 
besides all of it, is they just don't seem to give a damn. I mean, it's one thing to say they're tone deaf, but it's so much worse than that. And not knowing is not the same as not wanting to know. And the worst part is, Matt, to your point that they lead like the national news or they become national news. The problem with this is they're a damn good team. They're a really talented team. They're a really well-coached team. Can you imagine if they end the tournament? Never mind, when we start the tournament, we'll be talking about them every single night. What if we're talking about them when the tournament ends and they're climbing up the ladder and cutting down the nets? A very real possibility. How awkward does it get then? Awkward indeed. I've used the phrase awkward spectacle a number number of times here in the past week plus on on HQ on the uh, Ion College Basketball Podcast. It is an awkward spectacle. This is a team right now that is a comfortable one seed. And yes, it's very good. I saw Alabama in person, talked to Nate Oates back in November when they were at the PK-85 event and they played admirably there. They had that four overtime game against North Carolina, one of the classics from this season. And to see where to see how things have changed. Yeah, it is. It, it is unfortunate, but they're just not going to move off of it. And it's only going to get more difficult. You know, Nate Oates uh, has, has not helped his situation, even with last weekend. You know, as I wrote, it, if, if any other player did that and it's customary and you're on a different team, it's cheeky, it's innocuous. But when you're on Alabama, it's the lack of self-awareness and it's the small stuff that that really gives way and shines a brighter light on the bigger stuff. If no one around Alabama's program picked up on something like that, then why are we as the public, uh, why should we trust them about anything else that they're, they're saying at this point when their actions have indicated otherwise? And so I wait and see when Alabama will be as comfortable in letting Brandon Miller talk as it is in letting him play basketball games. Cause one thing is happening and the other thing still is not fair. All right. You mentioned North Carolina. So let me ask you really quickly, Duke and North Carolina renew their legendary rivalry Saturday in Chapel Hill. How weird is it, Matt, to see these two hook up late in the season and neither one of them is ranked. And then secondarily, how badly does North Carolina need this one to maybe play their way off the bubble and get a legitimate look at getting in the big tournament? Yeah, the, the, in terms of the matchup, this is not the best matchup of the weekend. It's not a top three matchup of the weekend, but it is a matchup that brings almost as much urgency as any other one because of Carolina. You know, Duke's done a good job. Shire didn't lose a home game. They're, they've had a good season. I'd, Shire has passed the test in year one. We'll see if he can go into the Dean Dome for the first time as a head coach and, and get a win. Carolina losing this game would probably, probably, I want to emphasize this, no single result happens in a vacuum at this point in the season for any college basketball team. So teams around the bubble, if they lose, like that would help Carolina. But broadly speaking, if UNC loses to Duke at home, I think it needs to make the ACC title game to have an at-large case. And as some of your listeners and viewers are probably aware, Carolina's on the verge of history. Preseason number one team, and since the tournament expanded in 85, Really, even since 1980, we've never had a preseason number one team fail to reach the NCAA tournament. It has been a vexing team. That being said, it will be an irresistible watch if it makes it to the tournament because it's Carolina, because what of what they did a year ago. So we wait and see on all of that. But it's it's a new era. I mean, it, you know, Hubert Davis versus John Shire. Kay's gone. Roy's been gone for two years and it, it will be fascinating. But UNC has as much pressure on him this weekend as almost any other team in the country. It is vexing. Matt, really quickly, I talked to Bobby Hurley from my podcast yesterday. They came off that dramatic win over Arizona, a signature win there. UCLA, number four in the country, going into tonight's game against Arizona State. They've already clinched the Pac-12 regular season title. Given UCLA's tournament experience, given the way they get after you defensively, do the Bruins look like a team that could make a Final Four run? 
Bruins look like a team that can win the national championship. If we started the tournament tomorrow, I'd be tempted to pick them to win it all. Really, them and Houston would be my two picks at this stage. Mick Cronin, I spoke with him a couple of times this season. He's got a ton of experience. He's got great freshman talent. Adeem Bona, the big in the middle. He's really coming along. Amari Bailey's been better and better. And then I don't know if there's a point guard in the country you trust more than Tiger Campbell. He's been there forever. But the way that he blends with Jaime Jaquez who is as prideful of a UCLA Bruin as has been at that school in like a decade plus. Awesome team, really gritty. Now they've got an interesting uh, homestand here with the Arizona schools. ASU is playing for its tournament life. Arizona is trying to get the sweep to have a say to the one line. So UCLA can, can get to the final four, whether it's got a one or a two next to its name, but it is trying to push for the one seed, which is a point of pride for that university. And as I wrote uh, in my power rankings today at.com, it's just, I kind of, I stepped back and I thought, you know what, it, what's been really great for college hoops is that, yeah, Duke's been okay this year. Carolina has been a little bit down. Kentucky's been who even knows. And we've had these blue bloods kind of be up and down, but if you really look across the past few years, since Mick got there, it's been pretty cool that UCLA, for the most part, has been a reliable blue blood in the top five, in the top ten, ranked most of the time. You know, it made that sweet Final Four run and lost in heartbreaking fashion in 2021 against Gonzaga. So, yeah, that team can win it all, absolutely. And if anything, I think they're still not getting enough of their due. But that said, they got an interesting pair of uh, tests here coming up on Thursday tonight and on Saturday. Really appreciate your thoughts on Mick and UCLA. I'm not even going to try and hide it. I love Mick. I love him. I love him as a coach. I love him as a guy. I love his grit. I love his toughness. I love his mentality. I love the way it plays here in L.A. I love the guy completely. He is a CBS Sports Senior College Basketball writer, a CBS Sports HQ college basketball analyst. He's got a tremendous podcast, co-host of the Ion College Basketball Podcast, Matt Norlander, my guest. Matt, great job. Really appreciate the energy. And you showed up like a boss like you always do, Matt. Thanks so much. Jim, I always appreciate you. You can find me any point you want, anytime over the next five weeks. Best time of the year. Good night, night.